What's up, everybody? You are tuned into The Elks Call with The Elks Herd. My name is Scout, a.k.a. The Rep from Section X. And I am Catherine, a.k.a. Even Elks. And today, we on our special Grey Cup edition of The Elks Call, we have a very special guest who is a Winnipeg sports podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ray from Ray and Betty Talk Sports. Ray, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm beaming with that Grey Cup energy, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thanks a ton for joining us. I know we talked a little bit about the weather. Um, I think we want to know what the weather is going to be like in Hamilton this weekend when your Winnipeg Blue Bombers take the field against the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, you know what? The colder, the better. It's what we want in the West Final. Bombers have that kind of team where we would like to play bully ball. So the worse the weather is, the muckier, the wetter, the colder, the more we have fun in Winnipeg. So, you know, bring on Mother Nature. Bring it on. I did read today that it's supposed to be windy. So that's going to be an interesting one, especially yeah. both of those teams, right? So, Absolutely. Like, I think we're expecting a close game, a close defensive game. I don't see this being, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into predictions later on, but it's going to be a close defensive battle and that win will be a huge factor if it's going to be a windy day. Oh, totally. No, it's going to be massive. It's going to be a great weekend long celebration. Um, we, we're going to dig into that right away before we dig into the schedule uh, we'd like to say thanks to everybody for tuning in today, uh, whether you be on our YouTube, which is Shotgun Sports Network Limited or Edmonton Sports Talk. We definitely appreciate the listen or uh, Spotify or wherever else you listen to your podcast. So thanks a ton, everybody, for tuning in. Um, okay, so our schedule for the show today. First, we're going to do a quick recap on that CFL division uh, finals there, the playoff action from this past weekend. Following that, we're going to open up the fan forum where we talk about hot topics surrounding the CFL and the sports world as a whole. After the fan forum, we're going to give you an Edmonton sports update. And then we're going to interview Ray in the more you didn't know. So everybody that's watching live, please blow up the herd chat uh, with your questions. And especially in the fan forum, definitely get in on those topics with us. First off. Your quarter by quarter now renamed to <laughs> just the last game. So just the last game. So do a quick recap of the games that just happened this past Saturday, November 11th, uh, where we had the CFL division finals. So first, you know, for the East, we saw uh, the Montreal Alouettes going against the Toronto Argonauts for a very exciting and very unexpected game. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, you know, Montreal came into this game riding the longest active winning streak in the CFL with six straight victories. And they were, of course, backed by a shutdown defense that kept the Ticats from scoring touchdowns in the Eastern semifinal. So on the other hand, for the Argos, who hosted the game, uh, we had Chad Kelly, who threw a 46-yard touchdown in last year's Eastern final against the Owls. But he, this was his first playoff game as a starter in Toronto. So after leading his team to a 16-2 record in the regular season. So as for the game, you know, Toronto took first possession of the game. 
looking to start off with a score. However, there was a score in that first drive, but it was in the form of a pick six by Montreal right off the get-go. Well, and, and that's kind of what set the tone, right? I mean, Absolutely. for that game, yeah, like what, like what did you see in the beginning of that there, Ray? Uh, I thought that Toronto was in trouble right off the bat. Because when Benny and I were talking the week before, we're like, the only way Montreal has a shot is if their defense scores. So when that happened, I'm like, this game is different now. Yeah, It's done. It's over. We can move on. It was crazy. Yeah, they continued that trend and they completely shut down uh, the Argonauts offense. And and arguably the best defensive effort from any CFL team in this entire season. It was it was fantastic. They had eight turnovers overall, which included two pick sixes. Uh, they even had a kick return for a touchdown in the second half. Just a whole lot of return interceptions for touchdowns. And, of course, you know, a total of 21 points that were given away essentially wow. by that. So 21. So along with taking advantage of turnovers, Montreal's offense did their job by, of course, eating up the clock, scoring two offensive touchdowns, and adding one field goal throughout the game. So on top of all of that, it was four times that Toronto turned the ball over on downs as well. So it was a total nightmare for Toronto and a phenomenal performance by the Owls, so really. So they moved on to the Grey Cup with a 38-17 to win. So what do you think of that game overall, Ray? That was crazy. That might have been like the biggest playoff upset in CFL history since 89. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Edmonton friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who beat actually a 16-2 and Edmonton football club at the time. And then Saskatchewan went on to win the Grey Cup, which doesn't bode well for Winnipeg in this situation. But that game was crazy. You know, that defense is all over the field. They're very aggressive. And like you said, six wins in a row. They haven't lost since Sankey said, we're not going to lose the rest of the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that just cultivates itself into a culture and an attitude that's not to be effed with on a, on, on a day like the Grey Cup. I think they have, like, great momentum and great energy and great attitude and confidence going into this game. And you said it there, momentum, right? It's the scary part about the football world is when you roll, you roll deep, you roll hard. And when you flop, you flop, you know, for 22 home games in a row. I mean, momentum is absolutely <laughs> everything in the CFL, right? Yeah. Parody and all that. Uh, Ludacris Fox in the herd chat. What up? Uh, it was pretty unexpected that Toronto played so poorly. So, and, and I... I I, like, in my opinion, that's what I would say. Toronto, they were so hyped. The Chad Kelly factor, they they convinced, they convinced, what is it, 28 or 27,000? I believe it was around 28,000. Yeah. They convinced their one of their biggest crowds. Actually, I think their biggest crowd at BMO. I could yeah. be wrong yeah. about that. But yeah, they're easily. And, and unfortunately, they let it slip away out of their hands. Chad Kelly combination of probably a little bit of nerves but once again that that first interception that first pick mm -hmm. six going the other way mm -hmm. yeah. you're, you you give it away in that moment and you kind of lose your confidence and I think everybody started to see that and Montreal really feasted on that and I, I haven't ever seen that big of an upset in person um you know watching live on tv watching something in the CFL like that where you have a 16 and 2 team a yeah. team that was so absolutely dominant and Chad Kelly 
I've been riding that Chad Kelly train yeah. uh, train as soon as he won the Grey Cup and went back training the next day. I was like, this guy is going <laughs> back to the Grey Cup. And I was almost right, except for any given Sunday or any given Saturday. Yeah. He had a bad day. He had a bad game. And, and team-wise, I mean, sure, there was 21 points that went the other way. So then if we're talking about the score – uh, you're talking about a 17-17 score right now on paper mm-hmm. without those inter, uh, interceptions or pick mm-hmm. six or, yeah. uh, you know, the yeah. the touchdowns the other way. Um, yeah, I mean, Montreal's defense won the game for them. Definitely. I completely yeah. agree. I mean, and and you got to imagine, you got to think about it, right, especially from Chad Kelly's perspective, if I was to put myself in that situation, right? This game is everything. Really, if they want to make it to the point where they were last year, where yeah. Chad Kelly came in and shown and he just, proved, you know, showed everybody that he was somebody to be, um, I'm not going to say afraid of, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're, also, we're talking about a rookie, too. This Definitely. is his rookie season. Well, and that's yeah, just- as a starter, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think part of part of the issue with this going into the playoffs is Ryan Dinwiddie sat him on the bench too much. They clinched in September, was it? So and Dinwiddie was playing sparringly. He probably didn't take a lot of first-team snaps as they went on, and that just piles up. That's rust. He had no momentum going into the playoffs, and I think Dinwiddie, as a young coach, kind of made a mistake in managing his roster there. Yeah, I mean, that that was something that we had talked about. Do you, should you be sitting Chad Kelly? We knew that Winnipeg, I, we know that Winnipeg fans were really scoffing at it. Uh, rightfully so. And for, once again, going back to the MOP uh, conversation before we dig into your game, uh, your guys' game there this last weekend. Um, with the MOP conversation, that guy should be in playing in every game unless mm-hmm. it's that last game where you're giving him some rest or giving him half a game or a quarter or whatever. Let the backup get some experience. So then your backup, you know, kind of knows what he's doing in case anything happens to the starter. Um, yeah. So, I mean, did, looking back at it, it probably did bite them in the derriere. Right, Ray? I think so. I think so. And we saw it in the Bombers as well. They clinched early last year, and they had to sit Zach Caleros. And even with a veteran like that, it's how do you manage those? You don't want to get him injured at the same time. You don't want to get him cold. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. No, yeah. it is. He is a rookie, though. And, I mean, he had a hell of a season, that's for sure. Unfortunately, you know, in the last game, you know, he had a bad day. Everybody has one of those. Unfortunately, it was a really bad day <laughs> in his circumstance. But yeah. that's... That's not to say anything about all the accomplishments, everything else that he did throughout the entire season. He was absolutely amazing, and I'm pretty sure that they're just going to come back stronger next season, and I'm excited about that. So, And, and we do have all the social media reactions. ShotgunSportsNetwork.ca, we do have that article up. Um, if you're bored this week going into the Grey Cup, if you want to you know, drown. Uh, no, I mean, maybe ba- bas- bask in the tears, <laughs> tears, whatever you want to do uh, with those. But uh, yeah, shotgunsportsnetwork.ca, go over there and check there's, out those articles. There's a lot of reactions, that's for sure. Well, I, I yeah. wasn't watching the game. I did not watch the game uh, live just because I was with my kids uh, at Tell Us World of Science. So we were doing science-y things nice. <laughs> while, uh, while Scout was watching the game. And he sent me a, a message right off the get-go that, you know, 
the owl's got a pick six. I'm like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? Like, yeah. I did not expect that. And yeah. throughout the whole game, right? It just. That's how it rolled. Nobody was expecting that. So I am very excited to see them play the Alouettes play next so uh let's move on to the second game of that day which was the bc lions of course against the winnipeg blue bombers Mm -hmm. um you know the blue bombers were the only team with a returning starting quarterback from last year's division final so sacaleros um, and then, of course, BC Vernon Adams Jr. That's a mouthful. Won his first playoff game last week in the Western semifinal while setting a new team playoff passing record. So we knew that this was going to be an exciting game, of course. You know, the Blue Bombers opened the scoring with a touchdown and they would not lose the lead for the rest of the game. The Blue Bombers definitely leaned on one of their best players, which is the running back, Brady Oliveira, who rushed 21 times and collected 109 yards. And, of course, the game-opening touchdown that we saw. Uh, The Blue Bombers were expected to win this game, of course, as they were successful against the Lions all season. And, uh, you know, they went out and got the job done on the home field. They definitely pulled out all of the tricks from the defense picking up a struggling offense um, by sacking and picking off the BC Lions quarterback to brilliant plays by special teams to every player on the offense pushing running back Oliveira into the end zone when he needed that. So they first took an eight point lead into the half and then outscored them again in the second half, six to three. So punching in their ticket to their fourth straight Grey Cup showdown with a 24 to 13 victory. So obviously, Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan over here, but objectively, <laughs> what did you think of this game? Uh, what was a miss for the BC Lions? Yeah, I thought, well, I guess in my prediction, I I said that Winnipeg would whoop them up and down the field. And I think the scoreboard kind of hides what happened. I think the Bombers defensively owned the BC Lions. Vernon Adams couldn't get anything going. And Richie Hall, the defensive coordinator for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who should be a candidate for head coach in Saskatchewan, he called almost a perfect game. He's bringing blitzes from different places. His coverage was ironclad. Um, and VA couldn't get into any kind of rhythm. On the other hand, the offense was not good at all. You take away that block punt touchdown, the Bombers win by less than a touchdown. Their offense could not get it going. They, they left some points on the board when they're inside the 30, a couple touchdowns at least, and that's they can't do that against Montreal. So despite the fact that they won convincingly, uh, I'm a little concerned about the offense and the fact that Castillo missed two field goals as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it wasn't a perfect game. That that's that's interesting because I kind of uh, I I kind of believed that Castillo would miss one at least at least I went into the game believing that he would miss at least one two. I mean that's not a good stat at all, and especially when you need those special teams points because mm-hmm. um, sometimes you you lose by a field goal or you win by a yeah, field goal. Yeah, we've so. seen it very many times. Too many times. <laughs> Uh, Ludacris Vox said the game was at epically loud proportions. Hats off to the fans for bringing the support. Yeah, I mean, they call it the world's loudest fans there. Of course, every fan base wants to argue against that because nobody (laughs) wants to be accused of being quiet at their home stadium. That being said, Winnipeg, you guys had your what? Was that the fifth sellout in a row? 
Number five. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was the loudest I've ever been in that stadium. And the West final last year was loud. And the West finals against Saskatchewan were, was even louder. But this game, the Bombers, the, the crowd from the start, it was just like deafening, seriously deafening. And you can see it on the field, even at the end of the game, when BC had a chance, a minute left. They're trying to call some audibles to their receivers out wide. They couldn't get it done because the crowd was too loud and they got sacked. So the, the crowd was amazing in Winnipeg. And I'm sorry. I think I will. Un- <laughs> I, I, you know what? No, I'm not sorry. Unapologetically, we are the loudest crowd uh, fans in the CFL right now. There you go. Love it. I, I, I would even argue that they were, you know, probably even louder than those Edmonton Oilers heritage classic goals there a little bit ago, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll True. see, you know, with the Montreal horn guy. Uh, <laughs> in the gray cup. We'll see horns aren't allowed. We'll you see. know, we, we could, we could squeeze that. Oh, yes, uh, I heard that. I read that. The horns are not allowed. Okay. So, so, so to, clear, to clear up really, really quick. So at a neutral site event, it's a neutral site event. You do not get any of the home luxuries that you get. For Montreal, because air horns are technically banned everywhere. And if you try to walk into certain stadiums, they'll deny you. Yep. In Montreal, I think this guy, for whatever reason, just has the best free pass ever. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but Montreal, yeah. like, and, and everybody loves him for it. Anybody that visits, they hate him for it. So um, if they're visiting and he's, you know, sitting a couple rows away from you, just jamming away on that thing. Anyways, where I'm going with this is uh, <laughs> the, he, no no noisemakers, no extra noisemakers. Cowbells are probably going to be like the only noisemaker that is allowed. And I wouldn't doubt if anybody tries to bring in like an oversized cowbell that even that would get rejected. Just because they try to make it as neutral as possible. That's fair. I mean, you know what? And I'm okay with that. Because yeah. if there's something to say about crowds and fans coming together, especially in an event like that, I, I'm pretty sure it's not even going to be necessary. Everybody's just going to be losing their minds and yeah. yelling so loud. And it's going to be a really good time, regardless of, you know, having noisemakers or not. <laughs> you know, so don't find a noisemaker somewhere. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, in the <laughs> NFL, right? They just they just use their hands, yeah. their their feet and their mouths and that's it. Um, yeah. No, no horns, correct? No horns, ludicrous. <laughs> I mean, I like them. And, and, you know, I do, I have to like them because I sit beside somebody that blows on that horn all the time. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> yeah. This guy over here. New and improved for 2023. But, uh, 2024, sorry. Yeah, New that improved. was like a Frankenstein thing. He grabbed two horns and made it into one. So that's... What? <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, Snee, that's a, that's a that's a little leak, a little leak for yeah. uh, brethren down in section section X there for 2024. Um, but that being said, yeah, wow. I mean the 110th Grey Cup will happen on Sunday, November 19th at 4 p.m. with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers facing off against the Montreal Alouettes. So, who do you have to win, Ray? <laughs> Winnipeg- ah, yes. <laughs> of course I'm cheering for the Bombers, uh, but I, I think looking at these two teams and how they played this year, yes, Montreal's defense is even better than it was earlier on in the year, and the Bombers couldn't score very easily on them. But at the same time, their offense is kind of still the same offense. Their O-line hasn't gotten any better. Their running game isn't consistent. 
and they weren't able to score a touchdown against the Bombers all year. So I think with that, I think the Bombers will just be too strong, too experienced. I think the coaching staff is ready to go with Grey Cups. They've been here before, and I think it's the Bombers' game to lose. It'll be a close one, uh, less than a touchdown, I'm sure, but uh, I confidently will think the Bombers will take this Grey Cup. I like it. Um, really, really unexpected. Really unexpected, Ray. I I thought you were gonna be going, you know, big on the bird train there. Uh, uh, I can't lie to you, brother. I can't lie to you. <laughs> no, we love it. Uh, for the sake of defense, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. I do believe that the Montreal Alouettes can do this. Will they do it? Well, we're going to have to find out Sunday, but I do think that Montreal can do it. And Toronto kind of proved that, you know, once again, last year, obviously they did do it. They were able to defeat Winnipeg, but this year, Winnipeg's coming back with a chip on their shoulder and, Mm -hmm. They want to they wanna get that dynasty championship, and they feel like they were robbed last year. So they will be coming in with a lot more passion, I think. And I, Winnipeg, the, the, as an Edmonton Elks fan, as a double E fan, we should traditionally not cheer Montreal. Traditionally, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, they're our biggest Grey Cup rival. Yeah, we the have, 70s. That's crazy. Exactly. Well, and and yeah, I mean, even any time that we've really linked up, I would say up until like 2020, you would still see the rivalry in the stands. Like, yeah, it's still one of those. And you don't really have that East versus West rivalry too often. The only time you're going to get it is from championship games. So um, shouldn't be cheering Alouettes. I think just because I want to see that defense win, I'm going to be cheering Alouettes. But I will gladly message you as soon as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers <laughs> win and say congratulations if and once uh, they do win. I appreciate yeah. it. I mean, for myself, I just want the underdog to win. Really, <laughs> you know, it's it's always it's it's you know it's a great story to tell, and you know they have deserved it. They are, as you said, they have momentum right now, right? So this yeah. they, they just had seven great wins, amazing just reason win. Um, the other thing to consider is also injuries, right? I know right now the Alouettes are a little bit healthier than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 100%. Injury that they had, you know, weather will take part of it as well. So you just never know how this is going to go. And I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. And as long as everybody has fun, just kidding. (laughs) Go sports team. Go sports. Yeah, go sports. I don't know. I definitely, you know, I'm hoping for Montreal to kind of pull this off just because it would be a very amazing win if that's the case. But who knows? You never know. Well, and and like I said on the last episode of the Elks Call, the championship pedigree that Winnipeg has cannot be denied. Winnipeg will more than likely win the Grey Cup based on stats can the Alouettes defense do it? You know, once again, like you said, it's Winnipeg's game to lose. As long as they aren't throwing right into the hands of the likes of Sankey and everybody else, as long as Sean Lemon isn't allowed back there too often, uh, certain factors, right? But yeah, 
Yeah, it, it it'll be a it'll be a fun matchup. I think that it will be a really good one. And Zach Kalaro's going back to Hamilton as well. I think he likes playing in the donut box. He does. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 it is. You yeah, haven't heard one. No, I haven't. I, I think this is definitely the matchup the Bombers didn't want to see. Uh, I, I honestly think they matched up better against Toronto. And looking at the small amount of coverage so far with the Bombers arriving in Hamilton and the Alouettes, the Alouettes look a lot looser. There's a lot of pressure on the Bombers right now. They're the ones that were expected to win by almost everyone. And the Alouettes look loose. Even Jason Moss looks loose. So I look at these little things, and that's not looking good in the Bombers' favor. They look pretty tight right now. Yeah, that and that is very, very interesting. Yes, they do look loose. That's That's been mentioned a couple times even here in Edmonton this week. You're talking about a Montreal team that has nothing to lose, didn't really expect to get there, kind of built a team and hoped for the best, and Jason Moss pulled it together. And credit to Jason Moss, yeah. fantastic coach. Wish that his temper was a little bit... <laughs> Well, better controlled here in Edmonton. I wish less clipboards and headsets got thrown. And I wish it was a little bit more rainbows and sunshine. Unfortunately, Jason Moss went through his past passionate phases here in Edmonton as head coach. And he didn't do bad. And he retained Mike Riley and mm. this, that, and the other. But unfortunately, once Jason Moss went, that was the beginning of the end for the glory days for us. And... Um, success anyways, successful days. So to see him in there, Armando Sewell, uh, obviously big fan of Armando Sewell. Really, really hope he comes back to Edmonton next year. Um, I actually had a list of former Edmonton Elks players that are in the Grey Cup this year. And I, I, I want to say there's around like seven to eight. Really? Yeah, former double E players mm-hmm. that are uh, mm-hmm. uh, playing in the Grey Cup. So Willie Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Castillo. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, just just, just to name a couple. But, um, yeah, no, it's going to be a really, really good one. I'm excited to see uh, the halftime performance and all of that. So, Green Day. Right. Yeah. That'll be a good one. But are you a big Green Day fan, Ray? I'm not a huge Green Day fan, but I'm a 90s kid. Like, I'm Hi. 90s hip-hop all the time. I don't listen to this new garbage. I just have Wu-Tang all the time. 24-7. So I'm of the generation, and I appreciate the Green Day. And I think it's a good call. Uh, I, have, I have people who are absolutely obsessed with, oh, it has to be Canadian because it's CFL. Shut up. No, it doesn't. It not. We want to bring in new audiences, right? And we. how do you sell that to Americans on some no-name they've never heard sometimes? So, well, we can't afford Taylor Swift, so I oh. mean, we had to, to settle. <laughs> No, but let's get Travis Kelsey to perform at halftime. Then. Ah, there we go. Now that, that that's what'll get everybody in there. Yeah. Uh, hey, you got NFL fans. Plus, you got the Swifties coming over. It, perfect. Win win. Yeah. All righty. Um, all right. So we are going to move on to our favorite segment. We're going to open up the fan forum. So this is a segment called the fan forum where we're going to talk about some hot topics surrounding the CFL and the sports world as a whole. Our live listeners will get to chime in on each topic we discuss. Make sure you do, you comment in the her chat as we ask each question and we'll look at the chat right after we have answered. So 
Let's head right into it. We have two topics today. Topic number one is the CFL has announced that Saturday playoff games are here to stay with the Grey Cup being played on the traditional Sunday. Is this the right move or should the CFL reconsider the Saturday move? The reason why I ask is because when you're playing on Saturday, sure, you're competing with college football down in the States, but you're definitely taking the light away from U sports. U sports games are always played on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And by doing this, because at some point, or, sorry, at one point, Vanier Cup was being played, and then the next day it was Grey Cup, I believe. Yeah. So you used to get like a whole weekend of beautiful Canadian football, junior and, well, you know, um, collegiate, sorry, collegiate and professional. Now that's changed. So uh, Randy Ambrosi announced that the Saturday playoff games were a huge success. Their viewership was off XYZ. Is this the right move, Ray? What do you think? Yes, absolutely. It's the right move. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges that the CFL has is bringing in a new generation of fans. The CFL has failed to do that for the past two decades, and all of those possible fans are just lapping up as much NFL content that they can. So why try and fight the NFL? You can't. They are too way far ahead in this marketing game. Like the CFL can't hold a candle to them. So what do you do? You take a better day that's available and you play it and you market it as best as you can. And hopefully you don't, they don't fail at doing that because they really do. Like as much as they're trying this global experiment and as much as they're trying to get on ESPN, they still have to cultivate homemade Canadian fans and they failed to do that. So I think it's a great move and I think they should stick to it. Well, they, they are sticking to it. And I agree that they are. Yeah. That, that... And I mean, that's a good point, right? And we've talked about this once again on the Elks call. We've talked about this with moving away from Sunday games in general. Or sorry, no, they've been moving, sorry, moving to Sunday games in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. trying to capture that NFL audience. Once the NFL comes in, they move away from the Sundays. They have more Saturday games and they've adjusted the schedule. And I think that that has worked really, really well. The Grey Cup, traditionally, it's a Sunday game. Um there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that. The playoff games, I do agree. And especially too, because like college football, it's not that big, like down in the States, uh, NCAA and USA American uh, collegiate football. We don't have nearly as many fans up here as let's say down in the States or the percentage is very, very small. The percentage is actually probably similar to how many U Sports uh, fans we have. Just because for whatever reason, Canada just does not care that much about collegiate sports for whatever yeah. reason. It's just it's 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 in our in our fiber as Canadians, and I just don't know what it is. Um exposure, yeah, sure, there's lots of lots of issues with U Sports alone. Um, should they have to move around the CFL schedule? Not really, but the other thing we have to consider as well is the Grey Cup is constantly being moved up, or the, our whole schedule, sorry, keeps on moving up by a week. So eventually, the Vanier Cup could be played two weeks after the Grey Cup. Maybe, right. but 
You know, even on that topic, though, and I've I've heard this from you multiple times, like on a Sunday, and he says, oh, it's football Sunday, and it's going to be football all day, and we're just going to sit down and watch football all day. But if we have that as a Canadian thing on a Saturday, and even for you sports, right, if there's a way to kind of manage the timings so that you have you sports earlier during the day, and then you have your CFL in the afternoon or in That's the evening. That's a good idea. Now you have a full day of Canadian football. Now it's Saturday football here in Canada. Well, interesting. Well, that's what I just did. I just watched the the, the Eastern final. And in between, I was watching the U of A Golden Bears game against mm-hmm. the UBC Thunderbirds. Heartbreak. No. End of that game. Like I was dancing uh, with the one minute left. Eli Hetlinger fumbled it and it went the other way all the way down the field. Anyways. So I was I went one two three on those games. The last game being the the West final uh, that I watched that day, and it was like a Canadian football Saturday. Mm. And I really did wish for a moment, even that Bombers game, if it had moved up to the six o'clock time slot, and you get a U Sports game in there. And earlier on in the morning, there were U Sports games going on in the East. So really. Had the scheduling been just a tiny bit better, you could have been a Canadian sitting on your couch all day watching <laughs> Canadian football and eating it up. I can hear all the wives just crunching. That's a dream, man. Yeah. <laughs> now you get CFL Saturdays and or you know Canadian <laughs> Saturdays and American football Sundays, and it's just a full weekend of football. Sounds <laughs> uh, like heaven. <laughs> exactly. No, I like it. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, let's you know what we should do. We should write a letter. <laughs> okay. I'll sign it. I'll sign it. I swear to you. Right. No. And I mean, that's fun. And I do agree. I mean, when it comes to Sunday games, too, um, I mean, you still have a lot of traditional families out there that have family activities on Sundays that they like to use their Sundays to just relax and not do much. You know, perhaps you have religious families that go to church and you know you have a lot of other things that happen on a sunday and in a way saturdays are usually more active more let's go out and do things let's figure out what we can do let's find something to watch let's go see a game let's Mm -hmm. go to a football game so Mm -hmm. i really don't see the 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 bad side of having games on a saturday really no so i love it i love it can they get rid of the thursday games though i'm not a fan of those yeah (laughs) thursdays suck and i i think it's funny too i mean that's a whole subject on its own but there's nothing worse than looking at the at the schedule for the team for the year yeah they come out in december and you're like yeah yeah football's coming back like yeah my team didn't make it to the great cup football's coming back and then you look at the schedule and you're like what three Thursday home games? What is this garbage? It's yeah. 7 p.m. no less. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to work on Friday. <laughs> yeah, or if you are, you're going to work tired. Um, yeah. You know, maybe uh, you need a little bit of hair of the dog or whatever, <laughs> right, to make it in. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely been there, done that. Uh, okay, so the herd chat, we got anything in there? Oh, no, just mentioning uh, Ludacris Fox did mention Carrie Underwood is going to be at the Grey Cup Festival, which yeah. is a big name. That's right. I, How did you forget it? How do we forget about that? How do we? Well, I just I forget about the Grey Cup Festival, really. But um, it's, 
no, maybe that's because I have never been to one. It's you know, it's oh. a little bit I have a little bit of disconnect with Grey Cups because I haven't had the full experience. So yeah, I was just focused on the half time show. It's yeah, something, it's something you got to experience. A Grey Cup week, oh. You well, meet so many people, and there's just a the passion of the game actually grows after you've been to a Grey Cup week and the festivities and the socials and the parties. It's it's amazing. It's so I'm excited for us. We may be potentially little little Elksherd League here for next year's Grey Cup. We are potentially looking at swinging out over to BC to head out there and go get a Grey Cup festival in. Obviously, we're hoping the Edmonton Elks are in there. That's why we haven't bought any tickets to this one. <laughs> Um, fair, fair. <laughs> we had to get over that that losing streak first, man. Yeah, but um, no, step but... one, step two, step one, step two. <laughs> yeah, process. Trust the process. But the 2018 Grey Cup here, here in Edmonton, the Calgary Stampeders, which were rolling at the time, they came in and you know, they were going against Trevor Harris's Ottawa Red Blacks, and you know now that now that we've been through our Trevor Harris phase not the biggest Trevor Harris fan so i prayed and i cheered and i did everything i could for an Ottawa win and um i think the saltiness of the rivalry really really ruined that great cup for me because as soon as they started walking down in section x walking down oh, the great wow. cup and i look over and there it is and the score is like wide open for for the Calgary Stampeders the first game I ever got up and I walked out early because it's like I've just celebrated this whole week for the, right. the Calgary Stampeders to <laughs> campaign all over the locker room for the Edmonton Eskimos at the time. And yeah. it sucks because rivalries do indeed mean a lot. And, you know, they weren't allowed to bring the horse up. Uh, Quick Six wasn't allowed to come up and all of this. So, I yeah, I, I remember that great cup. And I wish it had been any other teams because it hadn't been any other teams. We would have just been like, oh, we're welcome hosts. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not speaking for all Edmonton Elks or Eskimos fans at the time. Uh, they were great hosts. They did their thing. I just did not enjoy that great cup just because yeah. it was the Calgary Stampeders in there. And That's fair. Yeah. yeah so, I so feel bad. Like, if Saskatchewan made the great cup in Winnipeg, I'd be like, nah, I'm staying inside. I'm not going to the festival. <laughs> Forget that. I can't handle that. All that green? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Imagine Saskatchewan, right? It's it's in Winnipeg. Your team was competitive. The Blue Bombers were competitive that year. I think the Edmonton Eskimos that year they actually missed out uh, at a 500 record. So they missed the Grey Cup with like one of the best records that they could have missed. Uh, sorry, missed the playoffs. They missed yeah. the playoffs with one of the best records they could have had. Um, so already you're upset. You didn't even make it to the playoffs. Like at least. Hamilton fans, they they had the hope to uh, watch their team play at home and win and all that. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, moral of the story: if if it's a if the rival if the rival team is in your town, you're hosting the Grey Cup. Not a good. I, I don't. Good show. Yeah, I don't have advice for you because I was a really poor sport. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy because Ray agrees, so it's fine. Like he, he, he would have done it too. You would have done it too, Ray. Oh yeah, I'm petty. I'm petty. <laughs> I love it. And then sips the tea. So, uh, question number two in the fan forum. Once again, everybody in the herd chat, our live viewers, make sure you chime in on this, and we will get your comments on the show. Uh, question number two, or topic number two. Sorry, 
upon social media, many fans have been debating the constitution of what makes a dynasty due to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers playing in the Grey Cup game for the last four years. And, of course, winning two Grey Cups in that period. If the Blue Bombers win the Grey Cup this weekend, are they a dynasty team? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm, I'm asking you, Ray. <laughs> I for sure am going to say yes. Uh, three out of four in a league where most players are playing on two- and one-year contracts? Yes, that's a dynasty. Um, COVID year, you know, missed that year. Same team would have been there. So, uh, and the way they've dominated. Making four great cups in a row doesn't make you a dynasty. But winning three out of four of those, I think, does. So is that is that what it is? I try looking this up, and I could not get a straight answer for the life of me. What constitutes a dynasty in the CFL? That's so hard. Because, like, <laughs> it's, it's hard to win back-to-back in the CFL. Like, if you look at the history of the Grey Cup, there are far less back-to-back winners than there are in ratio compared to the Super Bowl. It's just hard in the CFL to keep a team together, especially. So, yeah, I don't know what the definition is. I don't know. I can't answer that. The one that I did see is three out of four. Yeah. You know, that's that, that definitely came up. And then the answer was yes, Winnipeg would be considered a dynasty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, just straight like up ass. You can tell people were asking for it, and that was the answer, and nobody really answered my question. But at the <laughs> end, it's it's maybe it's just that, right? Like you say, I mean, COVID happened, that didn't count. You know, we can't necessarily take that into consideration. So it's just like back to backs, it's like playing three years. And consecutively yeah and even then because the double e back in 2015 they actually had a crack at it they had a crack how they did up the roster right and had the right coaches and the right spots and mm. you had somebody other than steven mcadoo uh calling the offensive plays mm. the mcadoo offense <laughs> anyways i i had to look all of this up because I wanted to know exactly what constitutes a dynasty. Three championships in five years. Oh, it's five. So it's three championships in five years. You can go three back to back. You can go, you know, mix it in however. So really, in my opinion, in my opinion, um, and I, I've, I've read up on this a lot. This is, this is something I've thought about for like over 10 years now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and uh, exactly. there's been Leafs <laughs> dynasties way back in the day, way back in the, the day. Yeah, yeah, oh, Ray just wants to, like, shred me to pieces. <laughs> no, no, I have a Leafs jersey in my closet. When the Jets left, that's that was my team. I'm oh, you. really? Oh, no way, no way, no way. Okay, okay. My face was like, damn, man, I feel you. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I get it. I get no, it. The eyes are the I feel sorry for you eyes. <laughs> I feel your pain. Oh, that's what. It, okay, it was a feel. Okay, thank the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, no, I, uh, yeah, man. And I mean, it's been talked about so much on social media lately. We have so many fans in CFL chatter, CFL fans only. Shout out to all those guys on Facebook that are running those groups. They do an amazing job. No doubt. 
But exactly. But the problem is that when you have so many people that in those groups with their opinions all blasting at once, and when a hot topic comes up in there, and this those groups help us with our topics for our show for sure, uh, just like today. But you all of a sudden have a ton of misinformation going out. <laughs> you have fans going, oh, well, it's not a dynasty unless it's three in a row. Well, it's not a dynasty unless, you know, they get two championships and they're in the playoffs the next year and they're in the playoffs for the next year and then they still win a, ch- a championship or no, but that doesn't matter. So you have all these people just yep. constantly arguing with each other. And I think even just you looking for that information, yeah. you're trying to figure it out. At least you went to Google and not the groups no, because no, you'd be no. even more confused. <laughs> no, no, I have learned, I have learned uh, the, the hard way not to go to Twitter for answers, not to go to Facebook <laughs> for answers. I will Google it. I mean, last last resort, Reddit. Reddit is usually a really good source yeah. of information. So that's where I'll go. But hey, and sh- speaking of which, shout out CFL Reddit. They hit 100K. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, Reddit's no joke. People don't joke around on Reddit. Like, no, it's no, facts. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's it's like a, it's like a message boards, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a, a mm-hmm. your old school forums. That's uh, yeah. what forums are now. It's all Reddit. Totally, yeah. totally. You know what puzzles me is that mostly when we're talking about dynasty talk, why is it Rough Rider fans who are trying to define dynasties? Uh, I've never seen one. I don't get that. Is that too harsh? The ball no. makes sense. Why? Why are they so adamant that the Bombers can't be a dynasty in three and four? What do you know about dynasties? Ah. Listen, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have barely been able to attain a championship within 25 years. Like within, you know, like for each quarter of a decade, they've what tried. Is, they've yeah. tried to achieve a championship for each quarter of the decade. They still have each each quarter. Sorry, each quarter of a century. What yes. is yeah, each quarter of a century go. is what I'm going for. So yeah. what's the opposite of a dynasty? The Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders. Bombers took 30 years off and they still have three times as many championships. It's crazy. Sorry, Rough Rider fans. We're just having fun. We love oh, you. Oh, well, come on. Four in a hundred years. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Four in a hundred years. Yeah, that's not good. Like, the, one of the only facts... That oh. got us through the 22 game <laughs> home true. losing streak. At least we aren't Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans only getting a Grey Cup every 25 years. Oh, that's got to hurt. A quarter of a century. At least they're uh, consistent. So. Yeah. And then you add the 13th man onto that. Oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> just the pain. I shouldn't have brought that up. Uh, that's, that's well, we got to bring it up 13 more times. Uh, <laughs> Wow, that's a that's real. <laughs> yeah, oh, a great real material for sure. Oh, my goodness. But guys, we are going to go ahead and close the fan forum. Thank you very much, everybody, for participating. That was amazing. And now we are going to get into our Edmonton sports update. Today's update is brought to you by Herdies. Thank you to the 500-plus fans that visited Lot 8 stall number 44 this CFL season at Commonwealth Stadium. 
stay locked to the Elks Herd social media accounts for surprise Herdies pop-ups in the offseason. Herdies, we smoke the meats. The Grey Cup is this weekend. The Montreal Alouettes are taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Hamilton. Winner takes Earl Grey's Cup. Kickoff is at 4 p.m. Mountain on Sunday. In the NHL, the Edmonton Oilers are in Tampa Bay on Saturday to take on the Lightning. Puck drop is at 5 p.m. Mountain. In the WHL, the Edmonton Oil Kings are on a road trip this weekend, visiting the Brandon Wheat Kings on Friday and then the Moose Jaw Warriors on Saturday. In Canada West U Sports, the University of Alberta Golden Bears football team were defeated by the UBC Thunderbirds last Saturday in Hardy Cup action. The U Sports semifinals are this weekend with the winners moving on to the Vanier Cup. Where the Elks are, you're up to date. Yay. Yay. And then uh, <laughs> this is our quick commercial break. Before we get into the more you didn't know, we have a couple of affiliates we need to shout out to. Uh, a big one, a massive one. And we just want to say thanks to everybody that has been blowing up this code because we see it. Uh, we see how many transactions. I think there's like 27 transactions Using code STAMPEDE over at RoyalRetros.com. Ray, I know they got that Winnipeg Blue Bombers throwback over at RoyalRetros.com. Definitely recommend you check it out. And, of course, you can save 10% using code STAMPEDE. So I'm going to have to go check it out. My lady's going to be so pissed at you for saying that. I yeah. like, what's with all the bomber gear? Oh, no. I got to go now. Thank you. Thank you, Royal Retros. <laughs> Oh, big shout! Big shout out to Royal Retros. Uh, 2024, we will be, uh, have a new code. It's probably going to be something along the lines of Elks Herd 15 or Elks Herd 10 or something like that. Um, but yeah, for the rest of this year, we're going to be blowing up Code Stampede. So uh, once again, thanks to everybody that's used our code. Uh, it's been amazing. And then ThingsEngraved.ca, our official merchandise supplier, uh, over there at ThingsEngraved.ca. There is always something on sale. So we'll have all of the links in the description. Uh, go check it out. Uh, go find something on sale. Treat yourself. And then, Ray, you seem like a bit of a dapper fellow. Um, I think you you, sh- you look like you shower from time to time. Every day, baby. You know what, man? If you use some lather... I don't know if you'd be any more handsome than you already are, but you might smell a little bit more handsome than you already do. And that's apparently me being judgmental over a microphone. (laughs) Uh, So lather.com, L-A-T-H-R.com. If you head over to lather.com and use code shotgunsports15, um, and that is soap if you didn't specify. Yeah, I I was was just just getting there. It is some Canadian-made soap. Lather is fantastic. my pick is the sandalwood bourbon. Um, you don't have a pick because it's mostly men's soap. Yeah, it is. But my kids love the cotton candy soap. Yeah. They absolutely love it. So it smells yeah. like cotton candy. I had to make sure that my six-year-old doesn't eat it. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that was a thing for sure, but it smells really real. good. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, 
no. And then, uh, oh, a big shout out, uh, friends with local businesses here in Edmonton. Um, Amon Hansra over at Aspire Physio. Go check them out here in Edmonton. Aspire Physio. They got their new location, Century Park. That's right. So go check them out over there um, for all your physio needs. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the more you didn't know with Ray. Uh, so this is where we're going to go ahead and interview our special guest of the night. If you have any questions for Ray, Throw it in the herd chat, and we will ask them live on the show. So we're about to get to know you better, Ray. We'll do it. Uh, starting with question number one. Uh, so we know that you're a huge Winnipeg sports fan. We don't really know too much past that or how you became a Winnipeg sports fan. So uh, could you please tell us what made you cheer for Winnipeg sports teams? Yeah, like I'm a Winnipegger born and bred. Uh, my parents immigrated here from an island in Grenada and my mom's from the Philippines. They met here. Like it's a one in a million chance that I'd be alive without Winnipeg. So I love this city so much. Uh, and my dad and I, like he took me to bomber games. That was my first exposure to live sports. And it's the thing we still do. Uh, we're citizen ticket holders at bomber games. Uh, and it's a thing that's just tradition and family and part of the CFL fabric. Uh, we love it. And Winnipeg Jets, you know, hockey was a huge part. I was actually an Oiler fan when I grew up because they were in the midst of a dynasty. Everyone loved the Oilers. Uh, but then I just fell in love with Dale Howarchuk. I cheered them on. My heart was broken when they left. Uh, I went to the Save the Jets rallies with Benny, actually. We're side by side in the, at Portage in Maine, stopping traffic behind the mayor, rooting for the Jets to stay. Unfortunately, they didn't. And Benny and I were there to get season tickets when they came back. We were season tickets holders for the first seven years of the Winnipeg Jets. So Winnipeg sports has just been a fabric of, of who I am. I have a degree in rec management, so the the goal was to work in sports. Uh, I got into acting, and I'm a, I'm a professional actor, so sports is on the side. But, you know, doing this podcast and chilling with CFL fans like you, that just totally fulfills my love of sports. So that's kind of who I am, and that's kind of why I love Winnipeg sports. That, that's awesome. And to find out that you guys were part of uh, the whole Save the Jets rally. And I, I do actually know a little bit about that. And even when I, I we were actually working at the same place, I went out to Winnipeg just as the Jets were coming back. Yeah. And to see the fanfare, especially after you see how much love. it Like Winnipeg is w the only place... Because Saskatchewan, it doesn't apply. Winnipeg is the only place where they care about the CFL team more than the NHL team. Hmm. Without a doubt. And it's proof right now. Like Jets, they're struggling to get 12,000, 13,000 in the 15,000 seat building. Bombers, five sellouts in a row. And yes, it has to do with winning. But a lot of it was have to do with the connection they have within the community. They work hard at that. Uh, like any other community team community-owned team, like in Edmonton. I'm sure your management, your players are out in the community building those relationships, and the moms have been very successful at that. No, totally. It's beautiful to see. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. And even internationally, I have actually come across a lot of international people, <laughs> people living outside of Canada that yes. are Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans. So that is that yeah. is pretty amazing. So. Yeah, no. So that being said, what would you say is your favorite memory as a sports fan? Who favorite memory as a sports fan? There are so many. Uh, the last game at Canada Inns before we moved into the new stadium, 
funnily enough, we had two last games at Canada Inns because they had to postpone it. So me and my close friend, Dolphin fan, we were at both of those closings. So those that memory was crazy. The Bombers win the first Grey Cup in 84. Me and my dad watching it at home. The Jets coming back. Uh, 1999 World Juniors, me and Benny, we were at the bronze medal game. We hid in the basement of the arena to stick around for the gold medal game. That will always stick around with me. So, ah, so many memories. So many memories. I hope those are enough. Hope that's not too much. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, that's sweet. No, no. Those, that's exactly what we want to hear, right? A uh, little bit of the raw, a little bit of the the, the back-in-the-day stuff, right? Because I think that we all, we all kind of have that, but getting to tap it and getting to... Getting yeah, to relive me, it a little me. bit. I still, right? need, I, need, I still need some crazy, yeah. you know, stadium story. <laughs> you got time. You got yeah. time. Now that the upper deck is closed, you can you can cause some damage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of damage, uh, causing damage, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been causing some damage in the Ooh. CFL for the last four years, Ray. Yeah. What, what has the last four years been like as a Blue Bombers fan going through potentially dynasty years yeah uh first of all that was an amazing segue that's a segue king right there shout out to the segue but being a bomber fan uh especially after not having a championship here for 30 years like i saw the last time they won a championship in 1990 and at that point they won one in 84 88 and 90 so we're like let the good times roll but then not to have one again until 2019 that was horrible. We had some horrible years, some horrible coaches, some horrible management. Um, so, I don't know. What was the question again? Uh, what, like the last four years, like like what yes. is it like? <laughs> I talk about the bad. I forget about the good. The last four years have been amazing. You know, being with my closest friends that I went through this drought with, watching them break the drought, going to downtown, celebrating in the street when they finally, it was it was almost like the drought was worth it, although it's not. I don't want to go through that garbage again. I don't even want to go five years without another great cup. Uh, now I'm getting spoiled. But still at the same time, you know, these four years have been, uh, and, and the culture that Mike O'Shea has brought to Winnipeg. It, it's great to have a successful team. But when you have someone build something that can be long-lasting and everyone wants to be around, uh, it's it's an amazing thing. You know, we've never experienced anything like this in Winnipeg, and I was here for the Cal Murphy years, so uh, it, it's been amazing, yo. No, no, and just to kind of um, relate a little bit, when we were in those years, unfortunately, Catherine missed out uh, in the twenty fifteen years, but. When you do feel like you have a successful team, you have the right quarterback in there, a star quarterback, Zach Laros, he's obviously the man. Um, when you have that kind of quarterback, a leader of men, you have a defense that is basically a brick wall. When you have some of those pieces and you feel that that core, you know, successful team, successful fan base feeling, it, it's it's amazing. So I, I'm extremely happy for you guys, and especially too with the drought. Uh, that was a massive drought. The guy with the shorts, like yeah, he made yeah. a bed, right? And he didn't, he didn't stop wearing shorts for 29 years. Like, what? Just the, yeah. yeah, you didn't know about that. We'll talk about it after. No, we'll bring it. Okay, no, we got time. So, <laughs> any real quick, there's a guy that made a bed with his friend, I believe, and he said, if uh, if the Bombers lose this game, I'm not wearing, sh- uh, or I'm, I, I'll wear shorts until they win another Grey Cup. 
no. And the guy wore shorts for 29 years. Winter everything. Middle of winter. Middle of winter. Oh. Middle of winter. Grey Cup game. Uh, he was at Crazy. the Grey Cup game. And they filmed him and he put pants on. Yeah. He put pants on like right yeah. in the, right <laughs> the Grey Cup. Yeah. He went down to the field <laughs> and like PSN filmed him. He put his pants on. Wow. At long last, he could That's finally crazy. wear pants after 29 years. That's the dedication that they that have is. over in Winnipeg, right? Absolutely. Great. You guys are great sports fans out there. So, and especially seeing you guys, you know, I, I will admit I was really upset that the 29, uh, the 29 year uh, drought jokes had to come to an end. We were, we were definitely, you know, it was like our go to, like Bombers fans would trip. We'd be like, how long has it been? 29 years? And. Yeah unfortunately we don't get to do that anymore and no. probably probably for the better now it's like ah bombers are in the gray cup again so how the tables have turned for you guys and that's absolutely fantastic to see the tables turn like that hey, yeah. just, I, I just want it to be for the green and gold I know, scene, you it know? just makes me jealous at this point <laughs> like i don't know when when we're going to be able to feel like that but it'll yeah. happen it's always in cycles you know and, and like like of course winnipeg edmonton we're in the west but we're also community-owned teams like to be honest with you all the people in winnipeg are cheering for the folks in edmonton like it hurt us to see those small crowd smaller crowds in edmonton that we're used to and we want to see y'all bounce back because the cfl is stronger with edmonton bringing in 30 35 on the weekly without a doubt we need that uh and so yeah we're cheering for y'all and we understand we understand where you're all at right now yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see where we go, but uh, everybody's hopeful. That being said, let's turn it around a little bit and let's talk a little bit more about you and what you do yeah. with Ray and Benny Talk Sports. What made you get into podcasting? Oh, well, Benny and I have known each other for more than 27 years. We're like high school homies from the 90s. We know each other so well. And when we got out of high school and went to the University of Winnipeg, we're like, yo, let's do a sports show. We're always arguing about sports. Let's get on university radio and do something. We're like, okay, whatever. And I dropped out of university because it just wasn't my thing the first go around. I eventually went back, la, la, la. And it's something that we always thought about. Just never had access to the means to do it. And, you know, the 90s went by, the 2000s went by, the 2010s went by. And we're like, you know what? Let's just use the internet, YouTube. And it's easy to put a podcast up. Let's just see what we can do. And we had our friend who's a tech-savvy guy, producer Grimy, who was with us for the first year and a bit. And we've just been chilling, like just two old buddies over beers, talking about bombers and jets and loving life and having fun. Oh, that's amazing. And we, we've definitely checked it out. Uh, I've checked you guys out a couple of times now. Um, see you guys posting all the time you guys are amazing for cfl content thank you um especially winnipeg as well i know that there is a couple of other podcasters in your area um you guys do a fantastic job and like you said it's that whole baker kind of like bakering back and forth or arguing or debating or whatever sometimes unfortunately Catherine and i we we agree sometimes a little (laughs) bit too much um hey i'll argue with you if you want (laughs) it's on now what have you done i take it back i really take it back uh so uh no but that being said you know that like that's what makes your guys' show entertaining is having a little bit of that banter and then on top of that as well 
over at Ray and Benny Talk Sports, you guys cover a lot more than just Winnipeg sports. You guys are talking about NFL, um, especially with Minnesota being right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little bit easier. Uh, you guys can go do a little bit of you know coverage if you really wanted to. But um, yeah, you guys talk a wide variety of sports. Um, like, did you guys cover F1 at some point or? No, I wish. You know, I'm just starting to get into F1. Shout out to my boy in Edmonton, Braden, who does an F1 podcast. Uh, uh, Actually, I do a couple podcasts from Edmonton. I love your city. I can't wait. I'm going to be there in January, February, doing a show called The Mountaintop at the Citadel Theater. Nice. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Shout out to my Edmonton friend actors, Braden and John Uliat. They're doing uh, Little Shop of Horrors right now. Yes. Yes, I wanted to see if I could take the boys to that. It looks absolutely amazing. So it's gonna be crazy. Now I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm just sharing my love of Edmonton. (laughs) What are we talking about here? Sorry. Uh, F1, F1. (laughs) I just got into F1. It's a new sport. I'm loving it actually right now. I don't know all the intricacies, so no, we don't cover F1. That's one of the few sports that we don't. F1 and baseball. Baseball, we just don't get. Yeah, no, I, I did I did notice that. I, I was asking about F1 because uh, I know that your range is already pretty decent with what you guys do. So I was going to see, you know, if you're covering F1, then, yeah, you guys are covering the full spread, right? Um, but, no, that's amazing. It, it It's really cool to see what you guys are doing over there. And especially as well, I went through I, – I went ahead and did the full creep. I checked the old – all of your stuff from i want to say a year and a half ago even uh you guys started up about a year and a half two years on the account right correct yeah yeah absolutely cool right on so yeah i mean you guys have been doing this for so long you guys slowly built up your viewer base you guys have almost 500 subscribes make sure everybody um it's at ray benny talk sports can you please give us the full uh youtube for that Oh, my goodness, a full YouTube. I don't know what the full YouTube tag, but if you type in Ray and Benny Talk Sports or Ray Benny Sports, it'll shoot you right to our channel. Uh, this week has been crazy for growth. Like We can't thank Bomber and CFL fans enough. It's crazy when you get to Grey Cup Week, the amount of passion and viewers that go up. Because uh, CFL fans are hungry for content. Because yeah. the CFL, I'm sorry, does not provide enough content for their – now you're going to get me angry. But yeah. they don't. They don't. So it's great to be in a position where we can kind of share our passion and it's being eaten up, especially during Grey Cup week. Like, much love to CFL fans. Holy cow. Jesus. <laughs> no, uh, I, definitely, I definitely agree. And if that's, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly new sports fan. I have not been in the sports realm and be around sports for very long, probably around three years now. So that being said, I'm coming in with a very sort of objective mindset. Right. I'm not I don't have previous experiences. I don't have traditions. I don't have growing up with sports. I don't have anything that my parents taught me. It's just what is being given to me. And one thing that I can tell for sure is that fan sided content is seriously lacking. And that is what people want. I don't want to turn a TV and watch an interview and watch sports nets and TSN, you know, people talking about sports and just so dry and no personality and just whatever they want me to believe, sometimes not even the right facts, right? Yeah. What I want to know is the fans. What do they think? What are they looking at? What is their opinions? 
let's discuss this, let's argue about this. Right. And that's what is seriously lacking, especially in the CFL. Yeah. And then once again, that's that's especially why we wanted to have you on. Um, and we we definitely appreciate like we try to share. Uh, we try to support a lot of what you're doing over there, because once again, we're everybody's in this together in the CFL content creation world. We're all just trying to bring exposure to our teams and to the CFL. And yeah. once again, that's why we do what we do at the Elks Herd. Um, your logo at Ray and Benny, like your guys' logo is fantastic. Mimic little whizzing, whizzing W. Um, so, yeah, so you guys are just great for the league. Um, speaking of which, if we need to find you online here, where else can we find you and what are your other tags? Yeah, we're at Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, and you can find us at Ray Benny Sports. Uh, or just Google us, Ray and Benny Sports. Mm. And We're the only ones out there. <laughs> <laughs> and just right before we let you go, is there anything, any sneak peeks, anything that is coming up for you guys, anything that you guys are working on, anything that you would like to share? Yeah, we got our big Grey Cup preview show going to be released on Friday. We're recording tomorrow. We're like in a frenzy right now, as y'all are, with Grey Cup content. and make, We're taking advantage of what fans want. We're trying to put content out there. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a busy week. And then we kind of going to slow it down. You know, take a breath because you got to take care of yourself. Self-care, take care of that mental health, take care of that physical health. And then we're going to go right into jet season. Because they're rolling right now. I thought y'all wanted to talk maybe some Edmonton Oilers. No? <laughs> well, what's the score? What's the score right now? Oh, that, that, that will with tell a new coach. I know. It well, we won the first game with the one. Yeah. But you know what? This will dictate whether I want to talk about the Edmonton Oilers or not. Okay. No, we won't do that tonight. That's fine. I get it. Oh, oh look at this. Final oh. overtime. Final overtime. 4-3 Oilers. We look won. at that. Rolling. Rolling. <laughs> A little google wow. it said plus three it actually added and it was like a little ghost of plus three i want to see a, a game in, in a rogers arena that thing looked beautiful i've only walked by that silver water drop it's crazy so it's interesting the last game before covid dropped was we our other uh one of our team members over at shotgun sports Mike Dandrea, he actually came down. He's a big Jets fan. He was living in Minnesota at the time. Yeah, the weird stories here. Either way, um, we ended up winning tickets at first round, and they were drink rail seats, and it was right before COVID dropped. We oh. went up, we sat drink rail. It was amazing. And then um, the next day when I was touring Commonwealth, I was showing him around Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, we got booted out, and the world stopped. So, um that's the last time I've been to a Jets game, Jets-Oilers game. Yeah. Please come on down. Uh, we would love to go to a game with you. And, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, hey, we will definitely be linking up for a brewski or two. And, yeah, uh, yeah we'll oh, yeah. definitely have to hang out when you get here, man. So um, We will go check out your play for t for sure. He's yeah. Have you been to the Citadel? I don't think Peter? I've actually been to the Citadel, no. Oh, you got to come check it out, man. I'm going to be Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, no, Love definitely. It. Yeah, Love I'll be. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely go. We'll yeah. definitely have to go. Yeah, tell me, I'll get you tickets. Don't worry about my limit. Just tell oh, me. Oh, I, yeah. I got you. I got you. 
we got to support the cause, man. We're uh, we're all about supporting hey, the cause. So, and any time that I can drag him to a theater or something yeah. that is not sports, I'll take it a little bit. So you Hi. know. <laughs> all right. Well, then I, I got the brewskis afterwards. Oh, uh, there you go. Perfect deal. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Um, I guess that just about wraps it up for today. Um, make sure everybody, please like and subscribe. Ray Benny Talk Sports, uh, us at the Elks Herd, uh, and of course our YouTube at Shotgun Sports Network Limited Ltd. Mm-hmm. At Shotgun Sports Network <laughs> Ltd. Um, other than that, we can't thank everybody enough for joining us tonight on this episode. Ray, we can't thank you enough for joining us on this episode tonight. Man, I, I'm so happy to be here. This is such a good time. I hope we do it again. I, I'm looking forward to 2024 and collaborating and talking with y'all. Oh, you know, man. No, we will definitely be linking up. Uh, we're definitely going to see you here in like a month or two. You bet. And uh, we will see everybody next week on the next episode of the Elks Call. For the Elks Herd, my name is Scout, a.k.a. The Rep from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. Demon Elks. And that is Ray from Ray and Betty Talk Sports. And once again, we are the Elks Herd. And I guess for the for the dub, because for Ray the <laughs> because Ray said so. Once again, everybody, thank you so much from wherever you're tuning in. And we hope you all have a great night. Cheers. Good night. <laughs>